Welcome to Women on the Line, one of Community Radio's National Women's Current Affairs programs. The show is produced at 3CR Community Radio in Melbourne and broadcasted nationally on the Community Radio Network. I'm Tanhang Fan. Women on the Line acknowledges this program is produced and presented on the stolen lands of the Wurundjeri peoples of the Kulin Nation. We acknowledge elders past, present and becoming, as well as the owners of the lands you are hearing us from. On today's Women on the Line, we chat with Annie Humphrey, Anishina Bay singer and songwriter. Growing up on the Leech Lake Indian Reservation in northern Minnesota, Annie lived in a home filled with voices made of thunder and nothing could stop it. Before we chat with Annie, let's hear one of her songs. This is Strong Wind of her latest album, The Beast and the Garden. Using the snow till grandma is through spitting her truth. Her last word, like a little bird, flies high, followed by ten thousand eyes, and the snow comes to purify. Michigan, come with me now, said the big 
Buju, my name is Anne Humphrey. My name is Adwayashka, and I reside on the Leech Lake Indian Reservation in northern Minnesota. Um, and I am a singer, songwriter, and visual artist. Welcome to Women on the Line, Annie. You just recently released a new album, The Beast in the Garden. Could you please tell us what it's like for you to release this kind of album at this stage in your life? The album before this one was kind of a lot of love songs because that's where I was at. And then, you know, the the Dapple and Standing Rock kicked in. And on our own reservation, it's congested with pipelines as well. And um, so traveling back and forth from you know to North Dakota and visiting visiting the camps <clears throat> I just did a lot of writing and then I was involved here and um organizing in my own community against the line 3 pipeline um you know I was kind of consumed by all that and so when that happens I tend to write about what I'm just being saturated with and so Mm-hmm. <clears throat> the Beast on the Garden has a lot of songs that have to do directly with, you know, environmental justice and oil, and um, um, it it's kind of uh, I don't know how to it's it's like therapeutic and because when you when you go day after day and you're doing work against this stuff it it gets kind of um kind of hopeless sometimes <clears throat> and so I'm a, I'm a singer and I, I kind of wanted to move away from the organizing and all, all that side of it and I wanted to just get back into doing music again and so The Beast in the Garden is me moving out of that that um, activist the you know that groundwork type stuff into back into the arts. Yeah, that's very interesting because um, I guess like when I listened to the album, I noticed that it has um, some songs I'd never heard before, but then also a, f- a few songs um, that were released a bit earlier. That um, one music, uh, one song that I really love is "The Wizard" and "Justice Hunters," and I noticed that you had written those many years ago. Was there an intention between, like, I guess, combining some older songs and more current songs? Yeah. It's important to be able, well, maybe not so good, but, you know, a lot. I wrote Justice Hunt 23 years ago. Mm, and wow. Still, okay. And, it, you know, it's still completely relevant, applies today. And and The Wizard is, um, I wanted to do, to do that because, you know, in the song the message is, you know, we got to do some work, we have to do something. And sometimes people tend to, you know, just say, oh, that that's too bad that's happening, and then and then that's it. So it's just a good song to remind us that we do, that, you know, our kids are watching us, and we do need to do whatever it is we can to, you know, to help the earth. And and so that's why I, I re-released those. And I'm actually going to be going back to record in mid-March and do, like, an EP, and I'm going to re-release a song called 500 Years. Oh yes, I love that. that song. Yeah, and you know that that all still you know that applies too. So some of these songs are are kind of like ageless, and mm. and that's good and that's bad because that means we're still in the same struggle these many years later. But you you know you can't stop. 
Yeah, I when I listen to your music, I do feel that sense of timelessness um, and also, yeah, sadness and strength and community as well, especially in, I guess, like the lyrics that I that feel very, um, I guess, memorable in The Wizard. What are the messages that you're trying to convey through your music, I guess, from the early days of you writing music up until now? In the early days, there was always songs about, you know, the intense stuff and about social justice and environmental justice since I started doing this. And, you know, that that's kind of stays consistent. So that's kind of my reputation. So when I was writing love songs, they were like, well, why is Annie writing love songs? But, you know, love <laughs> is important, too. Yeah. And the, the subject, you know, the topics in, in my songs are, like I said, they're the things that are on my heart all the time. And that that doesn't mean I'm a sad person. It just means that, man, I'm, I'm just kind of desperate for people to engage and, um, you know, have some sort of emotion about what's happening. You know, have some kind of emotion. You can be afraid or you can be angry or whatever, but feel something. And, and when you have, you know, intense emotions, that hopefully will make people, you know, force people to take some kind of action for themselves and for their kids and their grandkids and because to me you know the earth is going to be fine no matter what you know if we keep going and we destroy it and and you know the mountain stands up and turns over and lays back down and and we people can't live i mean we are the only living thing that the earth does not need you know that could totally do without us and be just fine um but but when you think in in terms of you know not thinking about those big long thousands of years that the earth can restore itself but thinking you know the kind of life that my grandsons are going to have um that concerns me because I'm still here and I'm attached to them and I can see them in their life and um it's just really important for me to for them to know how to live in an earth-connected way, and you can't live in an earth-connected way if the earth is, you know, if if there is if there's no rice, you know, you can't teach them to rice, and if if there if the water goes bad, there are so many things that we can't even that'll just not exist anymore to teach. So, I guess the short-term future is my grandsons, and that is why I'm engaged because my grandma did it for me, and you know, it keeps going. Mm, yeah, that's yeah, definitely that um, kind of passing on of knowledge and taking care of like our, our ancestors and um, our future generations is definitely important to the earth and what you said about, you know, the earth doesn't actually need us, um, but we definitely need, we need the earth in so many ways um, and we depend on it. Women's on a light. <laughs> Women on the line. Women on the line. <laughs> <laughs> on Community Radio Around Australia, you're listening to Annie Humphrey chatting to us about her music and activism, the impact of Line 3 on Leech Lake Reservation, and whether or not she has hope for the future. Annie, I guess I'm interested in what you mentioned a little bit earlier about being an artist and being a musician and um, activism. And I'd love to hear more about what your thoughts are on as, you know, someone who is creative and what you feel like your responsibility is as an artist. 
Mm-hmm. Well, when I was just I was doing music before, and there were a lot of things happening back in you know the 90s. There's a lot of mining issues going on in Wisconsin. A lot of you know water water issues. A lot a lot of even even tribal government issues. You know where people were you know, trying to um, protest our own, some of our own tribal governments because of the corruption there. But, um, and then then all through these years playing music, sometimes you feel like like a little bit guilty, like um, I'm traveling around and I'm singing so that, so now I'm exempt from doing the other work, you know. Mm. And maybe that's why I felt like, you know, maybe I, I sh- maybe I'm maybe I'm supposed to do both, or but <clears throat> you know I, I think about it, and there are people who are we we all have jobs to do, and um, John Trudell said something to me that kind of just made all this really come into focus. He said I was with him in New York City, and um, he was reading this book about. The, the the English um, monarchy, the the U.S. government, and just a lot of obscure facts that were kind of you know the, those kind of things you read about that kind of are kind of scary, mm-hmm. and and um, I said, do you ever get tired of reading about these things and thinking about these things and speaking about these things? I said, do you ever just want to take care of the tomatoes in the garden? And he said. He said, you take care of the tomatoes, and I'll keep the beasts out of the garden. Mm. And so to me, that's like, we all have jobs to do, right? Some people have to, you know, walk the perimeter of that garden and try to keep the beast out, and some of them got to be inside to, to tend to it. And so maybe music, you know, doing music is me tending to the garden and not so much, you know, being on that perimeter anymore. So, but, you know, it's whatever... Whatever people are feel led to do, that that's what they should, you know, that's what they should do. You shouldn't force yourself to, uh, you know, do something unnatural because we all have our gifts, and so we should just use our gifts in a way that will help, and and then it comes naturally. Annie, I guess for those um, for those who don't know, could you tell us about Line Three and I guess how it's affecting Lake Reservation? Yeah, so like in the early fifties. Um, pipeline was put in the ground from from north, from the north in Canada, and it's the Enbridge Oil um, Company. And the lifespan of a pipeline is 15 years, but back then they didn't have any um, rules or regulations on, you know, um, the quality of materials to be used in the pipeline. So we really don't know. I, I, all we know is that this pipeline is very, very old, and it's leaking. And the company itself, have they've admitted all this only because they're trying to get a new pipeline and they want to reroute it below the reservation. Um, <clears throat> so Line 3 carries oil from north to south, and it carries it down to refineries south of here. And it goes 46 miles through our reservation, it stays on the rest for 46 miles, like through the heart of it. It goes through mm. the Mississippi River more than once. It goes through um, Cass Lake, Pike Bay, mm. you know, uh, Portage Lake. All, uh, there are a lot. It goes, you know, and our reservation is 50% water, so that pipeline wow. is connected to 
all of our water, all of our rice beds, everything we drink, every, everywhere that the medicine grows, all the marshes mm-hmm. and swamps, and it's all threatened because this pipeline has some over over 900 weak spots in it right now, and it's it's contaminating right now. So the company itself have they've turned the pressure down in the pipeline because they know that it's just a you know a leak waiting to happen, a spill waiting to happen. Mm. They've turned it down, I think. Um, they've turned it down to like a third of its capacity. And, you know, to us, we think they should, you know, shut it off. If they know that it's so, you know, so deteriorating that they should just shut it off and not use it at all. So in the meantime, they're trying to get a reroute underneath the res. But underneath the reservation, um, south of the reservation, you, you find uh, people with money, with big houses on the lakes and and it's kind of like if you go back up to to Bismarck North Dakota and Standing Rock that you know that pipeline was supposed to go um across the river above Bismarck North Dakota but that's a city of uh, you know white people mm-hmm. and so when they when they raised their voices against having the pipeline threaten their drinking water then they went down underneath to to the Standing Rock mm. and the Cannonball River and so it's happening here. So we, our, our fear, our, well, our concern is that the, the reroute will be denied and we will have to keep that pipeline on our reservation. And we have to, we are, the certificate, or, or the, the um, special, I can't remember what it's called, but it's a certificate that um, won't run out here until 2000 and. 22. So we have to kind of deal with this this time bomb mm-hmm. for for in 2022. And at that time, we don't know what they'll do. And the the reason that they can even just keep running the oil through here is because when when the pipeline was set in the ground across the reservation, there were no there was no regulation or no policies on on how this would be handled. So there there's just no rules. Yeah. This company. Yeah. Despite, um, am I correct in believing that uh, Leech Lake Reservation is treaty land? It is. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, and, and the 1855 treaty land is much larger than Leech Lake. It it, it it's a really big area. A lot of t- Brainerd. There, I mean, there are a lot of a lot of towns that are inside of that treaty area. It's it's a huge area. If you look at a map, it's much much bigger than Leech Lake. Women on the Line. On community radio around Australia, you're listening to Annie Humphrey chatting to us about her music and activism, the impact of Line 3 on Leech Lake Reservation, and whether or not she has hope for the future. Are you working with other musicians as well, or artists, or activists, or community workers and whatnot, um, and um, in, I guess, like fighting against Line 3? Yeah. Um, so it seems like a lot of the people I do perform with, they're already involved in, you know, in environmental issues. I'm working with some guys from Detroit and um, Kalamazoo, Michigan, where there was a huge, you know, millions of, of gallons of oil spilled in Kalamazoo from the same company. And so <clears throat> it seems like we kind of attract each other. So mm-hmm. I, I do pretty much only end up working with um, musicians who are socially aware and um, who are already, who, they're a lot like me. They've already already um, been to like summits on 
on the conditions that the world is in, and they they lecture in colleges, and and but they also perform their art and music, and that's why I thought I can do that too. And so when I do I do music in a lot of um, to support a lot of events that are trying to bring about awareness. So um, and, and not just oil events, but, you know, reservation, youth stuff, and mm-hmm. wherever, wherever I can use it to help, I go to. But, yeah, it seems like we attract each other, and we and we, 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 we see one another at the same, you know, we, our paths cross a lot when you're, when you're not in the entertainment industry, but in this, um, when the music is used for education and trying to make people you know, think a different way. Mm, definitely. And do you find that the people who do come to these events, uh, is it like a mix of ages? Like, are you getting younger generations and older generations as well? Yeah, we, we get a lot of younger people. And because sometimes we do play colleges, and I like going to colleges because, you know, those are the educated folks that are going to be running whatever yeah. eventually. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, we... You know, specifically, some of the other artists I work with are Will Copeland. He's from um, Kalamazoo and Detroit. Or he's from Detroit. And Brian Babb, he's a, a poet from San Diego. And Joe Riley is a blues singer, player from um, the Detroit area, too. And um, Allison Redell is a Native American. She's a jazz piano player and singer. So uh, we're going to be doing a tour next, well, this fall in September. Great. And, and we just keep, we just, we don't, we don't dedicate the whole concert to pipelines, we, but we mm. do throw it out there and, and, and kind of try to cover as much, um, I, I don't know. I feel like music can help, help have, help people have hope. Yeah. And not, not preach and point because people like music they like listening definitely. to it and they kind of it's a good it's a good way to carry and, and deliver a message yeah I definitely think so um I guess yeah in when we were talking over email you you were like oh maybe we should talk about if if you have any hope I guess that's the th- question I want to throw to you do you feel like you have any hope at this point oh yeah I do I do um because you know the numbers of people are growing i i feel like because now we have this this president that is kind of making people who are sitting being kind of um complacent making people take action like these women women's marches that are hap- that happened and and just in general people are either they love them or they don't so mm-hmm. I, i'm just finding a lot of people don't and so when you when you look at that, you know a lot of issues come out of that, like racism and sexism, and and the the rate of consumption that America is 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 consuming oil, and I th- I think that even though he's he's a really pathetic human being, I just think that he, this president has caused people to you know just gave everybody a little a little, the little kick they needed. Mm. So I do have hope, and 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 um, even if you know, no matter what, whatever happens, I tell my kids, you know, whatever's coming is coming, and all we can do is do our best, and all we can do is 
live in a good way. And and the other thing we can do is is um practice our practice our spirituality and make our our connection to spirit stronger. Because then whatever happens, we won't be fearful, right? So if that's all we can have is not have fear and just try to you know keep keep living in the way that that we're supposed to live that you know, that's all we can do and another important thing for me is to teach my you know like you know Kayleen and and my grandson and my own kids is you know how how can we live without a Walmart or a hospital mm. well thank you so much Annie for being on Women on the Line it's been an absolute pleasure to chat with you um, about music and line three and having hope and all the above so thank you so much thank you Awesome, You just heard from Annie Humphrey, Anisha Nabe singer and songwriter, chat to us about her music and activism, the impact of Line 3 on her home, Leech Lake Reservation, and having hope for the future. To listen and support her music, please go to anniehumphreymusic.com. I'm your host, Tan Hang Pham, and you're listening to Women on the Line. Women on the Line is one of Community Radio's National Women's Current Affairs programs. It's produced and presented by a range of women broadcasters from 3CR in Melbourne and broadcasted nationally on the Community Radio Network. We welcome your comments or thoughts on today's show. Send us an email at womenontheline at gmail.com. Our programs can be downloaded from our website, 3cr.org.au forward slash womenontheline. The theme music for Women on the Line is Slideshow at Free University by La Tigra. The songs you heard on today's episode of Women on the Line were Strong Wind and The Wizard by Annie Humphrey. Thank you for listening to Women on the Line. I'm Tan Hang Pham, and tune in again next time.